Welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. I'm your host, Amber. My vision for this podcast is to showcase experts in the keto carnivore community, as well as those who have compelling stories that inspire and give others hope. My wish is that no one has to suffer like I did. If you find value in this podcast, please consider subscribing and hitting that notification button. And as always, feel free to share. Thank you so much for your support. Hi, I'm Amber, and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us, Mary Gonzalez. Welcome, Mary. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm honored, really. So I, 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 I don't have enough words to thank you for allowing me to do this, so thank you very much. Okay, see, y'all, now do you get why I wanted her on my podcast? <laughs> Seriously, she, I watch oh, her yeah. posts on TikTok and on Instagram, and she is so positive, mm. and she always has a smile, see, look, the smile, right, <laughs> oh, and so she has an amazing story, too, uh, about gaining her health back, she lost an enormous amount of weight, she, and she's got so many things going, and so I really wanted her on now, because we Thank could you. use some positivity in our world don't you think so anyway I'm excited to have you on Mary so I'm excited yeah bring it sister let's do this all right (laughs) okay well let's start with the basics let's get a little background on you um it can be brief and then we'll get into uh your uh health journey if you will so just kind of give a background of what your prior life was like like what was your childhood like I want to kind of understand where you ended up where you were in order to need right. to go on this health journey, if that makes right. sense. Wow. I want a little background because I really I don't know your background that well. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. know the amazing things you've done since Thank then, you. but there's a reason why you ended up where you were. Me too. Absolutely. I have a story too. So Absolutely. I, I want to know a little bit about that. I think people can Thank really you. relate to that. So go Thank for it. you. Wow. You know, I was always a heavy child. You know, um, I attended private school and there came a time where we needed to get uniforms and well, the uniforms they had didn't fit. So my mama had to make my uniforms Mm -hmm. and that stood with me forever. I I didn't, it just, I remember that memory, but I didn't realize the impact that it was, where it was starting from. Um, Year, fast forward a year, you know, we got to wear whatever kind of clothes we wanted to. I don't know what the politics were, but anywho, that we got to choose our own clothes. So my mom took a shopping and we went to good old Sears. Y'all remember Sears? I'm dating myself. Hey, I'm 52. I'm going to own it. (laughs) And so we would go to Sears and mom grabbed a whole bunch of clothes and me and my sister go into fitting rooms and try it, you know, and I'm here trying clothes on and nothing's fitting. And at the end of 20 minutes, I'm sitting on a pile of clothes crying in the fitting room because nothing fit mom had to come in and what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing fits. And so it's just been one bad memory after another and not realizing the impact again, fast forward, you know, junior elementary kids can be very cruel. You know, I was always that fat kid and, and I was the nerdy, I was the smart kid, but I was always that fat kid, you know, that fat girl, the chubby girl, the girl with the cute face, but you know, that butt that comes after the cute face thing, you know, and And I think that's where my personality began to shine. I think I learned to laugh, to mask things. You know, I, if I was the funny one, they didn't, they wouldn't see my weight. They wouldn't notice that, you know, they'd notice the personality first and foremost. And so that's how it was. You know, I focused on school. 
regardless of my size, I was a great softball player. I was an amazing softball player from a little girl all the way up to college, freshman year in college. And so that's always stood with me. Um, the, the name calling, the, all of that. I remember everything, like it happened yesterday, you know. Fast forward, grew up in a very strict environment, wasn't allowed to do things, go anywhere. My parents were very strict. And, and as a child, you don't appreciate that. You don't understand why they're that way, you know. So from home, I went to marriage. I got married at um, 24 years old, didn't date, didn't go to dances, wasn't asked to go out on dates, obviously. That was never my scene. School was it for me and softball. Those were my two things. And so, you know, you fall in love, you know, at age 24 and your whole life takes a whole turn, you know, and the weight was coming on little by little. It was a toxic marriage, uh, verbally abusive. Um, it was one where I was made felt like I didn't, didn't mean anything, like I didn't belong, like I wasn't pretty enough, that I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve attention. And so words stick with you a whole lot longer than a bruise. A bruise will heal. A bruise will heal. You don't see the physical impact, but the things that go on in here, they don't go away. And so you start to believe these things. So on top of that, it was a narcissistic behavior. It was very unhealthy in, every, in any way that you can think of. Um, and then along the way, my grandma passes away. And then of course, me and food, were my, that food was my best friend. Food was the only thing that didn't judge me. Food was the, my go-to. It was always available. It was indispensable. It never argued with me. It never judged me. It was always there. That was my best friend. Anytime I was sad, depressed, lonely, there I go. Mindless eating before I knew it, you know. I was ballooning quickly, started, was, was pre-diabetic, had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and just, I was a mess. I was a mess. And then my mama passed away, uh, six years. Uh, her birthday was actually yesterday. Uh, her six year anniversary of her passing was December 15th. And that, that was it. You know, I ballooned to 297 pounds at this point. And I could be the loneliest person in the most crowdest of places, you know, didn't matter how many people were in the room. I was always lonely. I was, I always felt alone. And so food was my solace that whole time. Um, fast forward into the marriage now 26 years and I hit my rock bottom. I hit my rock bottom. I found myself crying in the closet, sitting on top of shoes with my face buried in a pillow. So nobody could hear me crying. And I was just, I'm done. I, Attempted suicide once because it was getting so bad. I still get emotional about it. And so I'm sitting there crying and I'm asking mom, I'm so, what do I do? I love you, but I know it's not my time to be with you yet. And God, just show me, just, just tell me where to go. You know, I, I'm done. I'm done. I had it with the marriage, mourning the loss of my mom, not being happy. It just all culminated into this thing where I was like, I just wanted to end it there too. That was the second thing thought I had I says no then I I heard my daughter cry mama where are you and I was like oh man talk about a, a life-saving moment that that uh it that, that that did it in and so I went in and attended to her and I go back into the room and I just said I just need a sign and I'm went back into the closet and at this point the chest pains were really bad I couldn't even feel my left arm my left arm was tingling I was a stroke heart attack waiting to happen I'm surprised that nothing happened. So I had the phone uh, in my hand with 911 dialed on it, ready to hit send. 
because if something happened, I could at least push a button. They can find me in the closet, alive or dead. I don't know, you know, what, what was going to happen. And so my last words were God and mom, I, I make a vow. If I live to see another day, I'm going to change my life forever. I don't know. Just show me what I need to do. I need something. I don't remember if I passed out or fell asleep in the closet. I woke up in the closet phone still in my hand. Um, 911 still on the screen. And I said, okay. That was the last tear I shed. I woke up, got up, took a shower, got dressed, walked to the computer. I was, it was a Friday, my day off, do my usual routine, turn on Facebook and sit there for hours. That's what I would do on my day off, just sit in front of the computer, watch everybody's life, how happy they used to be and wish, I wonder what it would be to be that. They're so happy and, you know, little did you know what really goes on behind closed doors, right? And, 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 so I turn on Facebook. The first thing that pops up on the screen is this word keto. I don't know what this is, never seen it before, never typed it in. And that's the thing that struck me as a sign because usually Facebook will bring something up after you've typed it in the search bar. And so all of a sudden you type something up and it pops up from time to time. I never put keto and I didn't know what it was. So I click on it and it said weight loss. And then it said, you can have eggs, you can have bacon. I didn't read any further than bacon. I was done. It said bacon. Okay, I'm in. I said, I love me some bacon. I can have eggs, bacon. And that's all I read. Honestly, I got a program, downloaded it, printed it out, walked directly to my kitchen and gutted it, cleaned it out. That was my new birthday, December, January 15, 2018. Cleaned out my kitchen. While that was printing, I cleaned out my cupboards threw away all my Pepsi. All I drank was Pepsi from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed. No water, fast food six times a week, twice a day sometimes. Everything had to be supersized, obviously. Every chip, cookie, ice cream, and everything in between, everything trashed. Donated some stuff, threw things away. And um, so it began, you know. Um, okay, I'm gonna stop I'm sorry right I, there yeah. because I wanna go back a little bit. Okay. You said that you were always pretty much the heavy kid. Why? Mm -hmm. What do you think was the reason you were overweight at such a young age? Can you, now that you know more, that's what a great question. You know, and, and I thought about it. Mom didn't have snacks at home. I didn't grow up with the sodas. What ended up happening was I didn't like my mom's lunches. <laughs> so I would trade my lunches in school and they had the chips and they had the ding dongs. And I was like, yeah, my mama never bought that stuff. So it was Whoa. during lunch at school and I would get that. And of course we go to grandma's house and you know what grandmas do. And then the neighbor and the neighbor across the street. And so I would just eat because it was there. It wasn't because I was hungry. It was just good. And I ate it. And so I remember my mother was in an abusive relationship with my father. And so I didn't relate mm -hmm. the two. And so many a times mom would cry and, and, you know, she would every once in a while bake some kind of cake and she would, that's what she would eat. So I'd sit with her and eat. So I have the memory of being sad, eat made you feel better. So that's what I did. I wasn't hungry, but it made me feel better. And so that's, that's a great question. I, that's something that's not been asked of me. And yeah, I just had like this aha moment. So thank you, therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I'm always so curious because 
even like Jimmy Moore, he talks mm-hmm. about how trauma can yeah. really set the stage for uh, obesity and health Absolutely. issues, not just your mental and emotional. Of course, that all ties in together. Yeah. But right. I, I find it really fascinating when you can actually look back and go, oh, I think yeah. this is where it started. Right. Oh my gosh. Because when right. you do that, yeah. that's at the point where you can kind of start healing. Right. And now something that stuck out for me that you just talked about was how you realized uh, that you had an issue and you knew that you had to deal with it, the emotional, the mental aspect of it. And that impresses me because a lot of people, when they go into specifically when they're talking weight loss, because a lot of people you know, when they go into keto carnivore, whatever diet, they're looking for weight loss. So let's be real. That's what they're looking for. Absolutely. But if you just tackle the diet and I don't care what diet is, I do not care what it is. It can be the best keto diet ever, but if you don't deal with this right here, absolutely, it ain't happening for long. No, it is. And if you lose that much weight and you're still not happy, there's a problem. And that's what I think some of my clients appreciate and the people who follow me, because I can sugarcoat it all I want. That's not who I am. If we can't address what's going on here, nothing's going to happen. There's got to be a mind shift. There's got to be something because I can't change. I can't fix people as much as I would love to. None of us can change anybody. Mm -hmm. We can't make somebody else do anything. I have all the lists in my group, but do people actually go in there and read the list? Do they? A lot of people are lazy. This is a very lazy society um, and it's very sad. Everything is instantaneous. If they don't see instant results, Mm -hmm. it's done, it's over. It's like, no, it's hard work, consistency, dedication, persistence. Even when you don't feel like it, you still got to do it, you know, and it's, they want it it's, handed to them. They do. They do. Just, just tell me what to do. It's like, absolutely. Well, I can give you a starting point, Yes, but I can't do it no, and, and they have to be ready. It yes. can't be because yes. somebody suggested it. And I get a lot, oh, can you talk to my daughter? Can you talk to my mom? I said, well, do they want to yeah. talk to me? Right. I can talk to them until I'm blue in the face, but if they're not ready to receive the message, there's nothing I can do or say that's going to convince them. And it has to come from them because for them and only for them, not because somebody said it'd be a good idea. It's not, it, it goes beyond that. You got to want it bad enough. And at that point, when I made that vow to my mama and God, I said, I'm not going back on my word. This is the last time I'm starting over because that pain in my arm and that chest was no joke. That was no joke. And, and to wake up in a closet, I woke up in a closet on top of my shoes. I'm like, good grief. What other, what other sign do I need? You know? And I said, no, this is the last time I'm starting over and I'm going to do whatever it takes to finish this. Cause I've started diets. Oh gosh, I, I was good at those. I, I wrapped myself up in plastic. I did the fenfen. I did the shots. I did the water diet, the egg diet, just the, the, the juice, the, the fruits that did, and all the other programs that are out there well-known. And it's like, they didn't work. They may have worked if I gave them the full ability to be all in, but it was it all temporary. temporary. Yes. It's all temporary. temporary. Yes. It was all a temporary fix. That's I what people don't get. It. They, they don't, don't get understand. It. No. They don't. And I'm looking at it now at the point that I decided to do, this is a lifestyle change. This is my mm-hmm. life. 
this isn't to fit into a dress on the weekend. I'm not going to lose 50 pounds in on the weekend. It took me at that point, 49 years to balloon to 297 and a half pounds. It's not going to come off in a weekend. I was realistic, but I, 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 I'm an overachiever. So I was going to, I was going to make sure I was going to lose this weight this time. <laughs> there was nothing, no temptation. I didn't snack not once. I didn't veer off. I stuck to everything for 11 months, lost a hundred pounds, but I wanted it that bad. It's not like I was, I was eating, I was eating more than I was before. And it's what you're eating. So a lot of people think, oh, I only eat once a day. Well, what are you eating once a day? Oh, it's a fast food. Well, there you go. Are you exercising? No, you can't not eat right and not do some kind of exercise. They don't go together and you can't exercise and not eat right. Some people have amazing genes. Let's just take men, for instance, they're crying out loud. They can eat things and they'll be fine. I see what they eat and it goes to my hips and my stomach without even having to consume the meal, you know? And so it is yeah. be realistic, be realistic. I always say, don't have expectations expectations equal disappointments. Oh, they have my whole they life. Do, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I could not compare myself to somebody else. That's another thing that people just want to be like them. And oh, because they I'm like, you can't compare somebody's chapter one to somebody's chapter one, 10th chapter one, you know, it's not going to happen. It's going to take time. And I think, you know, once people realize how good it feels to be good, to feel good, and for me, I always like to say, there's no food that tastes as good as feeling good does. Even now, exactly. three years later, I don't crave the things I craved. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not missing the bread. I'm not missing the ice cream. I'm not missing the ding-dongs. I'm not missing the cake. I'm not missing any of those things. And I'm at the point now, if I choose to have something, it's not going to kill me if I have a scoop of something. But even then, it doesn't taste the same. I haven't touched a Pepsi in three years. And I don't even have the craving to do so. And so everything changes. And I don't know, I, I just wish I could make people see sometimes, but I can't. I know that's the thing that that's one that I try to work with my clients on too. It's, it's so much of the mental and the emotional. Yeah. And if you yeah. don't change your relationship with food, if you don't Absolutely. change your restrictive mindset instead of saying oh I can't have because that is so negative and as soon as you say I can't yep. have I'm gonna tell you, you what I do it. I'll tell you what you I do it. I want it and it's, it tell me not to do something oh yes. you can believe I'm yes. gonna do it I don't yep. care if it, I will Absolutely. chomp my nose off to, you know to spite <laughs> my face just because it's I'm not true. having it so if, if you're telling true. yourself oh, yeah. you can't have that. And you're restricting yeah. yourself. You're going to rebel against yourself. Absolutely. It sounds silly, but, but it's, it's true. true. So how did words. you, how did you do that? Like specifically, how did you get out of your head and turn things around to, to where you made this life sustainable? Uh, going back to the power in the words, everything is a choice. I had to reprogram and we unlearn everything I thought I knew and begin to learn. Mm -hmm. I had to start with the clean slate. I couldn't bring my own habits, my old mindset into something new. It wasn't going to work. So I made it a point to change my words. It was, I, it's not, I can't have that. I choose not to have it. And no, is not forever, you know, and it's that thing. If I don't do it, when I'm not going to, I'm not going to fail this, this time, I'm not going to fail. I, I just didn't allow myself to fail. 
anytime there was an obstacle, I walked away. I, I would, if there was temptation in the office, I just walk and they would be insistent. I said, I don't want any, no, I don't want any. And then he got to the point where it's very forceful. No, I don't want it. Okay. We get it. I'm like, don't joke with me again. I, when I say no, it's no, you know, you have to have that to say it. So people understand you can say no. And then, okay, well, I think I'll have something. They're not going to take you serious. They see you, you say no, and be sure of what you're saying say it with authority and, and it's just a matter of changing your words change I changed my circle I had to change my circle I had a lot of negative people around me I had a lot of people oh it's not gonna work it's not good it's not sustainable what didn't work was them so I got rid of them focused on me I stopped watching tv I stopped listening to radio and began to listen to motivational speaking um, affirmations I needed to feed my brain as much as I needed to feed my body and I think people don't understand the power that's in here. Um, strongest muscle in the body, the one that's less used, the less that's sure less worked out. <laughs> and so let me feed this. The rest will take care of itself. The body will do whatever your mind tells it to do. I am convinced of that. Um, so just constantly changing my words and putting things in, in the universe, manifesting it you know, seeing myself at this weight loss and seeing what I'm going to get to do now. And just, I don't know, I can't explain it more than that. I mean, coming from somebody who used to walk on eggshells and, and couldn't even look up in the eyes and see to, to speak to somebody who would avoid speaking to people because I couldn't even, I couldn't stand, I couldn't even look in the mirror. I couldn't do any of those things. And to now be on live as often as I am on all the social media platform. It's like, I still look in the mirror. I'm like, dang, who are you, girl? Look at you, look at you, girl. And you have to do that. You have to, if you want to fake it till you make it, do so. But you got to be able to face and own your truth of who you are, accept the flaws, learn to self-love. And I think that's a lot where I like to gear towards because if you don't love you, nothing you do will ever be, you'll never be happy, you'll never be satisfied. And I can't look for that in other people, it's not going to happen. I can't, yes. somebody can't complete me, somebody else is not going to make me happy. If I'm not already happy with me, how is somebody else possibly going to do that for me? So I had to be my everything. I had to do that for me. Then if, when that person comes into my life, then it's a compliment. We're complimenting one another. I, I can't, I can't fix or find things in others that I need to fix within myself. And I think once I did that, it just snowballed. I got confident, not cocky. I got confident and, and you stand taller. You know, you, you speak with assertiveness and authority. There's a way to say things to get your point across without being sarcastic or arrogant. You know, that doesn't work for people. It's just being humbled, you know? And, and, yes. and I don't think unless you've been in our shoes, walked what we did, had to suffer and go through what we did, nobody can relate. There's a lot of people out there who've never been overweight and trying to tell people how to lose weight. I'm like, you have no idea the psychological impact that being overweight does to somebody. It's not just the body, it's up here. So yeah. you and I have a better understanding of that. We, we can relate. And I think that's what sets us apart from a lot of people. We're relatable in many aspects, not just the weight loss, the psychological effects and yes everything let me ask you this have you ever dealt with an eating disorder of any kind or an exercise disorder i had one lady who was anorexic um no actually i mean you 
like we know your life you've never no okay. I've never wow. no never binged never no none of that never wow. starved myself yeah. um I'm very blessed in many aspects you know despite how big I was you know I was still act I still wanted to move but my body wasn't letting me I, I didn't have the energy to move like I wanted to mm-hmm. um and I knew what was bad food from good food. I mean, I already knew it, but I, I ignored it, you know, and, and we have to get to that breaking point for us to open up our eyes and hit that rock bottom for us to see. Mm-hmm. And even then, sometimes people don't see. They're still in denial, you know, and I, that was truth enough for me. I was, I was done. I was done. I was just tired of being tired. I was tired of being tired and not being able to, to, play with my granddaughter that's the that was another turning point for me if I could say really quickly Absolutely. I she was only two years old ball of energy ball of energy and um I would watch her on Fridays I didn't take her outside to play because if I put her outside she'd take off running on me there's no way I could chase her down I'm 297 and a half pounds I can't chase a two-year-old to the door, much less around the corner. If she took off running on me and something happened, I could never live with myself. So I imprisoned her because of my inability to have the energy to play with her outside. So I made her a prisoner of my own, my own body. You know, I, I had to play with her sitting in a chair in a recliner because I didn't have the energy to play with her. I couldn't go on a swing with her. I couldn't run with her. I couldn't play with her. I, I was too tired. I was too tired. Um, and so that always stood with me and I never forgave myself for that for a minute after I lost the weight and I came back to California to visit them, we went to the playground and I'm like, and I just had tears in my eyes and I says, I'm doing this, this time I ran up those stairs on the slide sled, went down the slide with her, went on the monkey bars, swinged on the swings. And and it was like, man, reliving that and creating a new memory. I'm really big on remaking memories that made me hurt that brought back pain. Mm-hmm. So for every bad thing that's ever happened to me, I've recreated it with a happy memory. Oh I don't my God, I love memories. that. I don't want the bad memories anymore. Anything that was me in the past died. Everything about me had to die. I had to birth again. And so I'm making it a point. I'm almost done recreating memories. Um, but I didn't want to ha- I didn't even want to have that bad memory in me anymore. Not that I have to say I'll ever forget what it, where I was, where I started mm-hmm. or what it was like. I don't want to relate anything negative to what used to be. It's in the past. I can't change it, but I can sure as heck make it happen now and change it. And so I recreate memories, old ones, bad ones to good ones. And so it's, it's been an amazing thing. I love thing. that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah. I think I'm going to make a meme and print it out and put it on my wall somewhere. <laughs> it is. I think that's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I didn't Thank ever you. really think about it like that, but I've had very similar instances like what you're talking about, but I never yeah. really thought about that being like a, a recreating something that maybe yeah. wasn't so good or that you're trying to make up for in yeah. a sense. And that's kind yeah. of where I feel like I, I, I need to do that now because I, because of being so overweight and so unhealthy and so unhappy and I hid from the world I I didn't 
I wasn't there as much for my kids as I could have been, even though I was a stay at home mom and I took care of those kids. I love those kids. I treasured every moment, but I still wasn't there for them in a way that I feel like I should have been. There's a lot of guilt. And so, you know, my grandbaby, who she'll be two on the, uh, this month. And so I know what you mean about that. Uh Oh, no, there you are. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I am making up for that because I mean, like I I do everything with her. So, you know, it's just like, I do all these crazy things. And so it's, it's awesome. It's nice that we have that second chance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about that (laughs) because there are people who have no freaking clue what that's like. And then there are other people who can completely relate and it would be nice for them to know that they're not alone. So talk about that. Talk about that darkness, that, that, that the way you felt like you did. I don't know about you, but the way I describe it is I was so embarrassed about the way I looked and I felt so horrible that, but I wanted to be a part of things so bad. Yes. I did. So yes. I always envisioned myself, I would like to be a fly on the wall. So nobody mm. notices me, nobody looks at yeah. me, but yeah. I can still observe and enjoy it. Yeah. So and tell that's me. What I would do. Yeah. I, I could be the loneliest person in the crowded room. But I kind of, I, I always try and look at the positive because I became a very good observer, very good observer, you know, watching people's faces, mannerisms. I, I couldn't walk and talk at the same time. I couldn't complete a sentence without catching my breath. I couldn't bend down and tie my shoes. I could not get up from the couch, the bed, or out of the car without propping myself up from something, you know. Um, I had to be escorted off a roller coaster platform because the harness didn't latch. Talk about an embarrassing moment in front of my kids. And I'm just like, I just don't feel when, and knowing every eye in, um, in that Mm. park was looking at me and the girl, God bless her. She was the most polite, kind, and just doing everything possible to make that lock. And it didn't. And I had, I'm sorry, ma'am, I have to escort you off the platform. And I talk about walking with your head low and, and embarrassing and not wanting to even see because I knew everybody was looking at me. And even then I still had to wait at the end of the ride for the kids to get off and, and explain to them why I couldn't ride the ride. I couldn't tell them why, you know? Mm. Um, but I got to recreate that memory. Um, just before COVID hit, you know, I went on a roller coaster and prior, it was just the one click and that was it. It was locked in before. Now it was like, click, 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 click. And I'm thinking, oh my God, it's like clicked all the way down and I can still slide my hand underneath. I said, okay, this is awesome. And it's like, so I don't even remember the roller coaster ride. Honestly, I remember just that moment of it latching. So that recreating that bad memory, that bad scenario, that most humiliating moment of my life to now being like, yeah, this thing just clicked all the way down. And that's what I think of now, you know, I, I very rarely remember the incident. I'm glad you, you're bringing back so many childhood memories. I love this because like a lot of trauma, we build up this wall in our head where we just put it back there, put it back there. We forget about it sometimes. And then it's something recalls it, you know, Oh yeah. but it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to know. I'll never forget where I was. I'll never forget how that made me feel. I, I, 
I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, I, I, I'm not living in that anymore. I'm not, they say never say never. I'm never going back. I'm like hell, I'm going back. There's just no way. I have the choice. I have a say in that. I decide what I eat, when I eat, how I eat. I can control what goes in my mouth now. You know, I choose what I eat. I choose who I want to hang. I make, I, I choose it all because that's all we can control is us. We can't control anybody else, but I can choose what I want to do, what not to do and work, what path I want to go. It's all a decision. Everything in life is a decision and you did the choice is up to you. What, what do you want to do with it? You know, I love that so much. I'll tell you an embarrassing thing that happened to me, a humiliating thing that mm-hmm. I was, will live in my mind forever, but like you, it kind of gets pushed back there till something yeah. brings it out. Right. Well, when, when my daughter was younger, I think this was when she was like, I don't know, six or seven and she was in gymnastics and she was on the competitive route. So she was already, you know, doing, so we spent a lot of time in the gym. So, you know, I knew everybody and because she was young, I would go there and I would stay, you know, just, just to make sure everything's okay. And there was a eight foot table that was sitting up against a wall and apparently it was, it, it was broken to begin with. Okay. I didn't know that. I, I was, you know, heavy, right? I was like over 240 pounds. I'm only five foot two. So I was large and I kind of leaned up against the table and it broke and fell and made this God awful loud echoing sound. And everybody turned around and looked at me. And even though the table was broke and, uh, you know, I was told it was broke. Everybody's looking, going, Oh, that fat girl just broke the table. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what they were thinking. Absolutely. And that was humiliating. Oh my God. God forbid I go to a buffet place and, you know, just fill my plate. I'm like, like, okay. And try to pretend, you know, like, oh no, I I don't, I don't do buffets. I don't do buffets. I don't do fast foods anymore. It's just, I want, I want a quality of life, you know, I, I, and what drives me is I was, I was my mother. My mother passed away at 72 of a heart attack. My mama was well over 300 pounds and she was five foot four, Mm. if anything, you know, and I, and I would remember hearing the wheezing in her chest, you know, as she breathed, I remember that heavy breathing. I remember her waddling. I remember her couldn't talk without catching breath. Every three words, it was catching breath and just looking at her feet, how swollen they used to be. And I'm looking at her and I started seeing myself as my, in my mama. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, and, and my only regret, but it's not really a regret. You know, I wish I knew then what I know now. Oh God, yeah. I may That's not it. have changed her life, but I could have improved the quality of her life, you know, and I can't, I could, the, her death date was determined before she was even born. So that's nothing I can do about that. I couldn't change that. But to not have her struggle like she did, I would have loved to have been able to help her with that. But I was in trouble myself. I couldn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. I was in the same shoes as her. And so that's my drive to stay healthy, remain healthy. That's my drive to help as many people as I can, because at some point on this journey, it was no longer about me and my weight loss. I didn't understand that people were beginning to follow me. People were being motivated. People mm-hmm. were inspired. I'm like, really? I'm like me. Why? Why? You know, and my, and Facebook was my journal. I documented everything on Facebook and I just put it out there. I had no idea that one photo would generate 1500 people to see it. 
then the next week, 3,000, I said, what's going on here? And it wasn't until I began to read the comments that I thought, oh my God, you know, I read the cries for help. I felt their pain. I felt their frustration. That was me. Everything I was reading and all they were, it's cries for help. And I thought, okay, how can I help? Opened up a Facebook group, keto group. There it went, you know, and I was like, oh my God, when it became about them, my weight was just continually coming off. I didn't have to worry about my weight. I was doing my thing. By this point, I had already lost 50 pounds and let me help these people. And, and, and when it becomes about somebody else, it, it, it's more important, you know, it, it yes. let me help because I know what you're going through. I know what you're feeling. I, I, I know what you're saying. I can relate not just on the weight issue, the, the toxic marriage, the getting out the, the, the cry for help, the, the sadness, the loneliness, the depression, all of that, that goes with that, you know, and I never saw counseling in my, I never been counseling my whole life. I kind of just went with things as figured it out. And I don't know, I, I just knew that my life was to be more than what it was. And that wasn't quality. That wasn't living. I was just existing. Most of my life, I just existed. Yes. Now and I'm see the, that feeling that you're feeling. Okay. You're, you're the type of person. I kind of feel like you don't have a dislike for other people. And no. I'm actually really not like that either. I mean, yeah. if I dislike somebody, there's a really good reason right. for it Yeah, because I tend to look at the good and sometimes to, to my detriment. Yes. Yes. No, I but, understand. Uh, but, but going through what you went through, feeling the way you did, you don't want anybody to have to suffer like you did. Absolutely. And so you're willing to put yourself out there to Absolutely. help somebody to not have to go through what you yes. did. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and because I think it's a lot only. of people don't understand that. Like, no. why do we do what we do? Oh, well, yeah. obviously it's because we want to make money um, and to have people sponsor us and stuff like that. Right. You get a lot of that. Right. Oh, I know I, I do. Oh, she's got it good. I'm like, you have no idea. If you were to see my bank account, you would just die. Exactly. How is she traveling? How is she doing that? God, by the grace of God, by the grace of God. And, and people know good when they see it. You know, I, if don't get me wrong, I could sell snow to an Eskimo if you let me. I mean, I'm that good with that, but that's not what drives me. It doesn't drive me. Mine's going to come. I'm not worried about that. Let me just help. We don't go through these things in our lives to go through it by ourselves. We went through this so that we can help somebody else along their journey. So they don't yes. feel like we did. I didn't have the luxury of, of having a trainer and having this planned out for me. And that I researched everything myself. There's a lot of work that you and I put into our own journeys that people mm -hmm. don't appreciate and understand the value of that, you know, and, and it's a lot, you know, and for me just to give it to you, not going to happen. I now know my self-worth. I know what I've done. I know what I bring to the table. That's going to cost you, you know, and that's something <laughs> I had to learn to accept. I didn't want yeah. to take, I, I, I have a problem taking people's money, but I'm not taking money if I'm providing a service, you know, um, you're paying for my knowledge. You're paying for that, you know, but it, it, it's, and when it's free, they don't want to take it, but yet they want everything from you. Not going to happen that way, you know, and, and like I said, money doesn't drive me but it's coming. Let me just keep doing what I'm doing. I gave up a 30 year career. I, I loved what I did. 
but that's not what I, that's not where I was needed. That's not what I was meant to do, you know, and I found my calling through all of this, you know, it wasn't that paycheck gave up everything I owned, gave everything up. I owned and moved to Florida with a suitcase. That's it. I didn't know anybody, but the person who asked me to move there and, and give me this opportunity and what an opportunity that's been. That was merely one vehicle to open up doors for something else. And then that led to something else and that led to something else. And so my whole purpose is to give others the opportunity that was given to me. And in order to do that, I have to create my little empire to be able to do that, you know, because I want to give not just one person that opportunity. I want to give thousands that opportunity. That's like Sean Baker. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. He's building this platform to, to reach more people. Ken Berry too, the same thing, because in his practice, you can only, Brian Lezinski, who I, the podcast just released today and they're doing things to help others. So they're creating these platforms and they're giving up lucrative careers. I'm talking, these dudes were making money, right? And now they're, you know, I mean, they're surviving obviously, but you know, they're, they're putting it all out there absolutely to reach more people because just in a practice, you have your patients and they have, you know, a lot of patients, but now Look at how many they reach. Yep. And that's just it. We have social media. Mm -hmm. Let's use it for positive. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't need to be dancing and, you know, half (laughs) scantily clothed to get followers. That's not my job. That's not for me. Thank God. God didn't give me that journey to do because I don't want any part of that. Let me, let me pour some knowledge into you. Let me use the social media as an extension of my voice. Let the followers be my ripple effect. Let them, they share your videos, they share your words, they share your posts. We're being seen by a whole lot more people than we actually see while we're doing these things. Mm-hmm. I always said, I'm going to go worldwide with this, not realizing what I was doing. I didn't realize the manifesting I was doing. I want to go worldwide. I want to go worldwide. And me thinking I have to physically be everywhere. Girl, my stuff has been in India. It's been in, in, in Nigeria. It's been in Malaysia. It's been in Spain and Finland. It's all over the world. It's already out there. Um, the power of social media, the power yeah. of people who believe in you and won't question a thing you say anymore. When you're consistent and you're constantly be- being seen, they, it, they, they trust you. I would rather build a relationship with somebody than make a quick sale. A quick oh, sale gosh, is not going to last. Mm-hmm. Quick sale is not going to last. Where are they now? Oh, and you're going to have people. Co- oh, that's a whole nother issue. But it's like, no, you know, you, you're true to who you are. People believe you. you. You know you're not being scammed. They're going to believe you. They have faith in you. You're a living, walking testimony of your own journey. And, and yet you're here helping us. Yeah. Why? Because. Because yeah. nobody was there to help me. I can help you. I know better. I have social media. We didn't have internet when I was a kid. Internet didn't come until the late 80s, you know, computers. We didn't have the accessibility that we have now. And so I choose to use all my platforms as an extension of that. Yes, how many me too, me too. How many more, how many more, how many more? Apparently by the thousands, pretty soon the millions, you know, and, and that's a beautiful thing. That's powerful. That's it powerful. is, it is. And it's and so good to use the platform in a positive way Absolutely. instead of what you see every day, I know, I you know, know, and it's like, just 
why? Oh, well, let's switch gears real, real quick. And I'm just curious, now that you're out there more and you have more people following you, more eyeballs on you, more, you know, platforms, right. do you get negative feedback? Do you have little crappy comments made to you? You know, I've been very blessed that I can count on one hand and they're typically on a live. They'll always, there's always going to be one smart, smart Alec, for lack of a better word, you know, who wants to just defame you or, or make you be like this crazy person that don't know what you're talking about. But the beauty about that, there's a little thing called the swipe and block or the swipe <laughs> and delete. Poof, you're gone. I don't need to deal with you. you you're somebody who doesn't even know my story. And exactly. yet you're casting judgment on me. Nah, baby, I ain't got time for that. Swipe and mute, swipe and block. I love, I love it. I love that. And, and I, pardon the pun, I've acquired thick skin because I used, everything used to bother me. Anything anybody would say, I would take it to heart and take it personal. Now it's like, I don't care what people think or say about me. It's not, it's not a reflection on me. It's a reflection of their own insecurity and their own doubt and their own fear and, and whatever miserable life that they're living, that they got to bring everybody else down with them. Misery does love company. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, but I'm not going to be a part of that. And, and I, I choose not to be, go there. I'm not going to even entertain the question, entertain the idea. You're, you don't deserve an explanation. You don't deserve anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to give you my time. I've learned the power of the things I have my time, my light, my joy, my energy, everything about me, I own. I don't freely give that up to anybody. I don't make decisions on what somebody else is gonna think about it or me after making a decision. They've not walked a day in my shoes for, give, for me to give them that much power. I don't do that anymore. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. There's a lot, you know, I, in losing a lot of weight, I gained a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of stuff. I love me. I love a whole lot of me. And that's something I couldn't say. And, and oh, I, love I just, man, that's powerful. That's, that's powerful. so powerful. I'm at the point now where I like myself. Yes. I can't say love yet. I'm not yeah. there yet. I've still got some work to do, yeah. but I don't look in the mirror and go, mm, yeah, not working. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I kind of accept where I'm at. And, and that's beautiful. That's like, beautiful. Okay. All right. Yeah. We, we know what to do. Let's get it done. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and, and a lot of, and I want to clarify something. People just think weight loss is about losing weight. It's not about losing weight. It's about feeling good, feeling healthier, having a quality of life. Cause I've seen a lot of thin people who are not the healthiest people that I know. And yet I've seen mm -hmm. some heavier set people who are healthier than the thinner people. They have more energy than the thinner people. So it's not about losing weight. It's about feeling good, feeling better in your clothes. Maybe you don't want to lose weight. Maybe you just want to feel good in clothes. Nothing wrong with that. Feeling good will creates a domino effect on everything else in your life. Once you feel good, things don't bother you as much. You know, life gets a little bit more tolerable, like you mentioned earlier. Man, I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm in a point in my life now where everything is synced. I don't have my mind going this way, my heart going this way, and my body going all different directions. <laughs> mind, body, heart, and soul, it's all in unison, baby. It's all going in one motion. And it's like momentum, momentum, momentum. And that's a feeling that 
I wish everybody could have. And, oh God, and, me too. Man, it's just, yeah. Uh, when I, I when wanted, you realize health, that's the thing. Yeah. And that's something I never really fully understood. Even when I had health, I didn't really think about that. You know, it's always yeah. like, I just want to lose weight. I'm going to look good in my jeans. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's all I cared about. I didn't yeah, really, oh, health is something you worry about when you're 70 or 80. Right. And right. now coming out on the other side, I'm like, yeah. wow. Yeah. It's, wow. it's eye-opening. And I had another, I don't know, a, a scare. You know, I, a week before I started, I started keto and I had already scheduled an appointment for the doctor the following week. I didn't want to see a doctor. I knew what they were going to tell me. I knew, I already knew, oh, you got to lose weight and your blood pressure. Da, da, da. I said, I, I don't want to hear it. I go and, and, um, never had a mammogram at that point. So I have my first mammogram at 49, me thinking, well, it doesn't run in the family. There I am being ignorant. Yeah, it is what it is. Right. And it doesn't, and that's not until you real know somebody that it will affect you. You know, if it's mm-hmm. not directly around your vicinity, you just dismiss it, you know? Well, they found something in my left breast, um, the week after mm-hmm. I started keto. And so, your life flashes before your eyes. Right. And she's in there looking, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I'm like, okay, worst case scenario. I went in for a test weeks later, it was still there. Come back in six months. We'll do another biopsy. We'll do another ultrasound. Out of I says, okay. I had started keto the week prior when they weighed me and I had already lost 15 pounds my first weekend, but first weeks are going to be your biggest weeks, the water weight, the, the no sugar, whatever. So it, I was like, man, okay, this is off to a good start. I go five months later, six months later, six months later, I've now lost 60 pounds. So this is my now my next visit. I go in there and the technician's doing her thing and she's digging and digging and digging with that little thing. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, why is this taking so long? My first thought is this is either going to be really good or this is going to be really bad. I I can't, I'm looking at her trying to read her and I can't. And I'm in there for a good 30 minutes when it should have taken a few minutes. And I'm like, okay, so please go wait outside. The doctor will be with you. I didn't even have my butt on the seat. She calls me in and I'm like, oh my God, that was the longest walk on the shores corridor I've ever had. Literally Mm -hmm. my life was flashing before my eyes, dead man walking. I'm thinking of all these scenarios that I'm not going to get to see after I get this news. And, you know, now I've gone through the divorce and now, you know, the whole of this is going on. I sit down and the doctor looks at me, looks at the chart. She looks at me. She looks at the chart. She goes, woman, what have you been doing? I said, I did keto. Did you consult anybody? I said, just myself. <laughs> I needed to do it. I wanted to see for myself. I needed to do this. She goes, my gosh, you've lost 60 pounds since I last seen you. I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, well, you know, you know how cancer survives, right? I says, no, ma'am, I don't. I really don't. And she says, uh, well, keto might've just saved your life. And I said, excuse me. I said, I don't know what you mean. She goes, cancer survives off of sugar. And I said, I've cut all my sugar out since I decided to do this. And she goes, she goes, I, I, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. She says, but whatever was there is gone. We can't even find it. We can't locate it anywhere in the vicinity. Whoa. So I, and I'm like, what say that again. And now as she's repeating it a second time, I'm thinking back all the years, 49 years of what I was doing to my body. Every soda, every ice cream, every cookie, every chip, every fast food, every supersized thing I ever consumed, I was killing my own self. Didn't even know it, didn't even feel it, didn't manifest it, didn't know it was happening. And she gives me this news and I thought, 
the timing of it all. God's timing is impeccable, you know, and, and I'm thinking that's going on the way it happened, how everything came to an end, how my done being done with everything happened and how this fell into place. And I thought all of these chains of events had to happen for that, for me to get that news that it was gone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she goes, well, we want to do a biopsy anyway. I said, do whatever you want. <laughs> do what you need to do. Go in there. They put a chip in there to just monitor it every time I go in there to see. But I'm like, wow, this could have been a whole different scenario. I may not have even been here talking to you today. Wow. You know, not only I'm no longer pre-diabetic, I no longer have high blood pressure. I no longer have cholesterol issues. I no longer have whatever it was I had in my left breast. It's gone. Do I want to give that a possibility to come back? Hell no. Why would I want to go back to eating the things I used to? Because that's the other question. Do you, do you want to, are you, when are you going to get off this keto thing? When are you going to go back to eating the way you did? I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Do, have you not seen my before and afters? Do you really think I want to go back to that? And now knowing that I could have possibly dismantled this whole thing that was going on in my left breast because all I did was choose the way I wanted to eat. No, I'm not going back to that. So yeah, it, it's been eye-opening on many, many things. Losing weight has opened my eyes to so many things. And, and man, I've got my health. For however long that's going to be, I'm going to have my health. And if there's anything I can say or do about it, I'm going to do it. And, I, and I'd rather live my life not having medicines, being dependent on something else to keep me alive. Not going to happen. You know, I have the choice. And I choose me every single time every single time, unapologetically so. And it's time, I, I, it was time to put me first. You know, as That's mom. beautiful, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it, Mary, love it. Thank that's you. Just, yeah, I love Thank that, love you. that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit of, when you started keto, describe that moment where you realized this is life-changing. Yeah. Describe that. Cause I know I have a very distinct moment where I was like, oh my gosh, why did yeah. I not know about this? And right. my life was forever altered because of it. I want to hear about you. Cause I know you had to a, a point where you're yeah. like, whoa, there was a couple, the losing the 15 pounds in a week. That was one, but what it was doing to my energy, what it did to my memory, I was like, I wasn't writing things down. I wasn't taking notes. I, I remember things, you know, I, the, but the one thing was I woke up feeling light. I'm like, what just, what's this? I don't understand this light feeling. I literally felt lighter. And I thought, no, this is just, I still have like 90 pounds to lose. You know, why am I feeling light? And it was this thing of, man, I can't explain it. And I knew I lost weight. I don't, I didn't weigh myself every day because that's just a bunch of BS. I just weighed myself once a week to see progress, you know, and to feel that moment of lightness, to be able to complete an entire paragraph and not have to catch my breath. That was it for me because I remember I couldn't say five words without gasping for air. Mm. And I caught myself in a conversation and I thought, oh my God, I'm not catching my breath. I can bend down in time. My shoe, my daughter pointed that out to me. She says, mom, did you just realize what you did? I said, what? I tied my shoe. She goes, yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't have to tie your shoe for you. You didn't have to 
put your trying to hike your leg up on something so that you can tie your shoe you bend down tied your shoe and got back up and I'm like whoa you know those were the moments for me sitting on a curb and getting up I never sat on a curb because I could never get back up you know and there was a bunch of little moments but that conversation and not having to catch my breath that was a big one that was a big one and there's been so many more, but th- th- those have been the ones for me where I was like, oh my God, and, and proved everybody wrong that said it's not sustainable. You know, oh, it's not good for you. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you as, as you lose weight, you change the way you're eating as well. I'm not going to eat like I did when I was 107, whatever pounds overweight. That changes, you know, it, 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 you got to make alterations and things. Now I want to lift weights. I'm lifting weights. So I'm eating more protein, but still, I'm still eating healthy. It's just a lifestyle for me. I, I'm not, I don't know, people that want to say it's not sustainable and a bunch of haters, naysayers and people who've never even done it, you know, and they love to talk. They love to talk. And the people who are talking about it aren't doing anything about their lives anyway. So I don't take any credence to what they say. It's just. And, and then what, what about the, the rating of the diets that just came out? Uh, you probably saw that where I think was keto like the last one or. Second to the last or ass. Somewhere it, was, in there. it was down the list somewhere. And I'm like, I know, I really? know. And I'm like, you know, that goes along with people. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it because it's not good. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? They poo poo it. They think it's the, it's not even new. Keto's been around since the <laughs> 1920s. It's not something that just happened over the weekend and it's not the latest craze. This has been going on for a long, long time. I think people's ignorance blows my mind sometimes. Oh, I'm like wow. right now, especially I'm just like, I just yep. can't anymore. Yep. I just can't. Yep. And it's like, if you don't prove it wrong, if you don't want, if you don't, you know, try it. I don't believe anybody who hasn't even attempted it. Exactly. Never, why, why? And people give credence to that. That's the thing that blows my mind. They're listening to people who've never been overweight. They're going to, and I, for me, it's, that's just another excuse for them not to do anything. I think people just look for an excuse not to start something or to say it's not going to yes, work. Agree. People look for excuses. They want a way out. They want a back door to say, oh, it's okay. It's not. It, oh, it's and not don't okay. you be giving up them carbs. And right. People have a fit about that. They're like yep. anything that gets yep. rid of a, of yep. a certain group. Of yes. blah, blah, and it's yeah. Like, I'm like, oh man, it, it's, it's. It amazes me, the ignorance of it, you know? Um, and like I like to say, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a theologian. I don't have these fancy initials behind my last name, but I, I lived it. I, 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 I'm still living it. I'm walking testimony of my own story. I know what it's like. It may not be for everybody. It may not be for everybody, but there's something out there, but you're just choosing not to try. That's a whole nother issue. You can't blame a certain lifestyle for it not working. How committed were you to the begin with? Did you just do it for one day, two days in the weekend and said, that's it. It's not working. Don't work that way. Mm -hmm. People are just, I don't know. And and I, and I, I, I I don't want to let that get to me because it can get to me if I let it. Oh yeah. I focus on the people that want the help. That's what I focus on. I can't, I can't make somebody do anything. And if they're investing time in me, I'm all into you. Let me pour into you. If somebody wants attention, but ain't doing anything, I'm not going to pour into you as much as somebody who's willing to do what it's going to take. 
not question it, who always wants the answers given to them. You gotta, they gotta earn their things to, under, to put value to what's being offered. If something is constantly given, there's no appreciation, there's no value to it. But when you earn it, that's all another story. When you work for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you do your own research. This is what kills me too. It's like so many people just want you to give them all the answers, yes. but yeah. that's not how you learn and you grow. I mean, a typical absolutely. question here and there, of course, yes. 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 But you still have to do your own research. Yes. Get good books. I mean, where's yeah. my, I mean, you know, here's Sean Baker's book and I got, <laughs> and I got Keto Clarity. I love that book. Got me a Maria Emmerich book. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Absolutely. Read, oh my goodness. So many books. Yeah. There's a and, lot of information. And then there's a lot of yes. misinformation there. That's oh, a whole yeah. other you know mm. but it's like invest some time i'm not saying go get a phd in in the dang topic just basic information i'm amazed and blown away as to how many people join a keto group and don't even know what the word keto means don't even understand how the body works or what it's doing oh i don't know what this is i'm like what how, how are you taking what a million people are saying in a group and not even understand the basic concept or definition of the word call me crazy, but I'd like to know what it's doing so that I know make it, make it work. Right. You know, but again, oh, yeah. It, it, or the ones that say, okay, I'm new to keto. Tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> or the okay. ones that have been How do I even start with that? How right? do I even start with that? Don't I don't know. Even... People don't get that. And they'll say, well, I, I, I'm, I'm done keto. Not, not lost any weight. I'm like, first, I don't even know your first name. I don't know what you're eating. I can't, I can't make a judgment on based on that statement. How true are you to what you're doing? How long have you been doing it? Do you have medic? I mean, there's all kinds of questions. Stress, sleep, yes, activity. Hello, lazy. Because <laughs> nine times out of 10, it's going to be that. And if you don't tell them what they want, want to hear, they'll go somewhere else. I ain't here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. That's what happens when you come to me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to paint all rainbows and unicorns and glitter. It ain't all of that. It, this is like, it ain't for sissies. But you do it with a smile on your face. See, That's so right, you know. You know. I, <laughs> I can cut you with my eyes, girl. Because I, <laughs> I got the smile. I got the smile. Absolutely. And it's, and it's all in the way you deliver it. You know, you can't be yelling at somebody and in their face nobody's going to listen to you that no. way. Mm-mm. And, nope. and just, I'm just going to continue being me. And I've also understood that not everybody's going to like me and that's okay. I don't have a problem with it. It's not my problem. There's yeah, I'm learning that. that. Yeah. I'm a little know? bit behind you. In, in it's this okay. It's okay. It's like, I, I, I'm still on the journey. I, I, yeah. I, you know, did this podcast for the reason of getting my butt out in front of the camera because I spent so many years hiding from cameras. And so I forced myself to do it. Yes. And I put it out there to where I had to do it. And there you go. Yeah. But you know what? It's like, eh, no big deal now. So it's getting easier. Absolutely. You know, I'm the trying more to you develop a skin, a skin. You have to. Like, got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to be able to get over that fear because fear is another thing that holds a lot of people back from doing a whole lot of things. Oh, you know? yes. And, and being a prisoner of your own mind. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just like, man, you build up scenarios, making mountains out of molehills. And it's like, wow, it wasn't really that bad. Um, and, and that's the thing too. I, I didn't like photos. 
I didn't want people taking photos. I didn't want to be in photos. I was behind the scenes. Just let me, let me be the photographer. I never want. And then I started making scrapbooks and I made my daughter's, my kids' baby books. I was rarely in the photos and I thought, oh, this can't happen. If something happened, they're not going to have anything of me later on. I said, so I started handing the camera and I, I didn't like what I was seeing. Didn't like what I was seeing, but that wasn't the camera's fault. The camera only took a photo of what was already existing, you know, and so I look at the photos and reminders again, before and after photos are reminders. Why do I want to go back the way I did? I don't want that. I I remember trying to destroy everything that Mm. uh, any pictures or or I avoided the videos and the pictures to begin with. But if I happen to get in one, I, I would tear them up or, you know, kind of, if it was somebody else's photo, I might snag it. So there wasn't a whole lot, but some did get through. And I am actually grateful that I have those photos. Yes. So it's just a reminder. And, you know, there's one time that I, I was talking to my daughter and I was like, I am so sorry. And she's like, what? And I said that you had to be embarrassed to have a mother like me. And she was uh, like, what are you talking about? Uh, and I'm uh, like, it, well, it had to have been so embarrassing for you uh, around your friends. I'm sure your friends made fun of me and stuff. And she was like, no, uh, I wouldn't have let them say that anyway. Uh, I was like, really? You don't remember? You know, I'd show them pictures. You, you don't remember that? And they're like, they don't see Well, that. not really. Yeah. Like, yeah. And what that's, a... it is, you know, and it wasn't until I put my first be- side by side photo and I showed it to my sister and my nephew before I posted it. And I was like, that's the first time I really saw how big I was. I was like, oh my God. Cause you, when we're that size, we don't see it. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, we, we get the black clothes, we get the loose clothes and we suck it uh-huh. in like that's really yep. going to help. Right. And it's like, no, you can't see all of that. And then I see the photos and I'm like, oh my, who was I fooling? Who was I fooling? And my nephew, God bless him, at the time he was eight years old and I show him the photo and he's looking at me and he said, you know what, Dia, Dia means aunt in Spanish. And he says, I never saw you that way. I'm like, what do you mean you never saw me that way? You were always laughing and smiling. So I never noticed your weight. And I was like an eight-year-old saint is telling me this. And I'm like, whoa. And then, and then brings back, always laughing, always smiling, well, to hide the everything from the neck down, you know, let them remember my personality, my energy, my, my, my sense of humor. So they don't remember my weight. And, you you know, but I had to own everything about me. I had to like that. You, you can't move forward, not own your truth and who you were and why you were the way you were. That's part of the process. Yes. And that's transformation. How you got to where you are right now. And you would not be able to relate or have empathy for those struggling with similar issues, if you hadn't gone through that. And I think that's how we can be very uniquely different in the fact that we do know what it's like. We're not just this cutie little, you know, in the gym all the time, never struggle. We've been through it all. And there, that's why there's some doctors that I think are fantastic who have been through that they have been large and then they gave low carb keto carnivore whatever a try realized how it worked kind of started implementing it with their patients and saw this 
huge difference and they were blown away. And so like us, they are wanting to get that out there, even if it meant losing that lucrative career they had. Yes. That's how powerful this is. And that's who you want to go to. Those people that understand Mm -hmm. what it's like to have been a weight, to lose the weight and want to help others along the way. And, and, and that money isn't everything money. There's nothing in the world that money can't money can't buy you happiness. That has to come from within money. Can't Mm. buy you a husband, although it can in some countries, but that's not the best way to go. You know, it's just the things that you think you can buy are things that come from within yourself. Everything stems from self, everything, everything, everything. Yeah. It just goes into a whole other tangents. It's not just about the weight. It's so much more than that. So much more than that. And if the people can relate the two. Yes. Powerful. Okay. We didn't actually go over this. You mentioned you lost weight, but you didn't really say how much. I want to know how much you lost. I mean, people do want to know this. I don't want to focus on this, but it's a huge thing and it should be celebrated. Um, And I also want to know like what size were you versus now Uh, or how many size differences there are if you don't want to say that. So whatever you're comfortable with. I'm comfortable with it all, mama. I'm comfortable with it all. I've lost 147 pounds. I've lost over a hundred inches throughout my whole body. A hundred oh inches. Oh body. my God. I went from a size 28 to a size 10. Um, and it's just like that. I have another story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God bless them. My boss passed away. Uh, he was like a father to me, treated me like a daughter and he passed away and it was time for me to buy something to wear, you know, and mm. at this point I had already lost 40 pounds, no, 50 pounds. I had already lost 50 pounds. And, you know, I go to my the department store and I go to the plus section. It's in, it's instant. It's automatic. I didn't give it a second thought. Go to the plus section. I go pick up my size 28s, you know, and, and there I go. And that was the first time I had been in a fitting room. That's the first time I had been in a fitting room since I was a child. Remember that little story I told you at the beginning? This was the first, I never went into a fitting room from that age of eight until I was 49 years old. I didn't go into another room. I didn't want to go through that experience again. I knew what that was once. And I never, ever, ever set foot in a fitting room from the age of eight until I was 49. And so I go in there and I'm trying to dress. I'm like, oh my God, this is huge. So I said, okay. And I tried the rest of them. They didn't fit. So I go back at a 26. I'm going down one size at a time. I said, because, you know, I don't want to relive that memory. 26 was too bad. I'm like, okay, you've got to be kidding me. 26 was too big. The 24 was too big. The 22 was too big. The 20 was too big. The 16, 18 was too big. I'm like, you've got to, I didn't drop this many sizes, right? So I'm like, okay, now I get to get some really cute looking clothes. I says, I don't have to get that flowered ensemble anymore, you know, and that polyester thing. I don't have to get that anymore. I don't have to get those moo's. So I'm like, I fit into a size 12. I said, are you kidding me? A size 14? I said, okay. I said, I'm going to go to another store. Another, another, see what else I can find. Found something else I liked. I went into a New York and company. Could never fit into those clothes before. And I'm like, God, that's a pretty dress. I'm just going to try it on, see what happens. God, it fit. And I was bawling in the, in the car. I was crying in the fitting room. I was taking pictures. I sent it to my friend at the time. And I says, look at the size. And that was a size 12 at the time. 
And I was like, oh my God. I said, and they fit. And so I spent the next four hours walking in every department store, trying on everything I've ever wanted to try. I didn't buy a damn thing. The, uh, the, 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 the satisfaction of walking into department stores and fitting into those clothes, bypass Lane Bryant, bypass Torrid, bypass all these other plus size stores. And I'm now fitting into clothes that I didn't even fit in when I was 10. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I, I went home without anything, but I, I walked out with dignity. I walked out with satisfaction. I walked out with the joy in my heart I hadn't had in a long time. And I was, and I didn't want the loose clothes anymore. I wanted the fitted, the fitted clothes. I now wanted to accentuate, you know, um, I was no longer hiding behind clothes. And so I went from a 28, 26, 28 to a 12, and now I'm down to a 10. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's That's so huge. fun. It's Isn't it so the best. Fun. It's like, the it's best. amazing. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. It's like, okay. And I'm like, and now, you know, I'll walk by a storefront mirror and I'll catch a reflection of me. And then I'll do that walk back thing. And I'll look back and I'm like, oh, I said, that's you. And I do Whoa. that still. Yeah, I'm like, kitty girl. I said, look at you, look at you. And I smile now, you know, I'm not afraid to look in the mirror. I bought a full, my first full length mirror ever, you know, after I lost so much weight and, and to see myself in the mirror, which is something I never could do. I didn't even want to look in the vanity mirror because that was only from the waist up. I never wanted to look at a full length mirror. I, I, I was, I couldn't come, I couldn't be honest with what was looking back at me, you know? And, um, I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and now it's like, I even give myself a wink in the mirror. Like, Get it girl. You look good today. <laughs> it's like, it, it's, it's a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful it is. feeling. It is. It's the most freeing thing. It is. I remember when, when, uh, the first time that something kind of similar happened to me is when I walked into a store, I immediately went to the section, kind of like what you, you did to the, the larger sizes and there, the, the store was kind of split into two mm-hmm. and, um, clothes barn. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those, but they kind of, you know, how they separate. And I I immediately started, you know, looking through there and I figured I'd be on the smaller end of the large size. Right. And one of the sales ladies walks over and goes, oh, honey, you're in the, on the wrong side. You need to be over there. There's nothing over here for you. And I was like, wow. Wow. (laughs) I just remember that. Just wow. wow. (laughs) People could be very mean. People just insensitive, you know, and, and they can be, man, and and very hurtful could be very hurtful. If you're already broken and you hear something like that, that just puts you to a low that you never think you'd reach, you know, and, and, and no, but I was on the bigger side and she told me I didn't belong there I needed to be in the small size I'm like I like that that's like you know it's like I I don't I don't know if you know but I I use well I haven't written romance in a long time but I'm a published writer and uh I started writing this one uh story and this is when I was before I lost weight or anything and I was just the point of depression Mm. and I was writing this story about uh it starts out with this girl going into a Mm. store and that exact thing thing happened but it was the opposite Mm. it was you know 
you, you belong in the big girl size, you know, yeah. that, and that's, that's how I started my story. I never finished that one, uh, but uh, that I felt so like funny. I needed to tell the story about what yeah. it's like. You Absolutely. Know, and, yeah. You know, and uh, the, the one highlight, I never owned a pair of jeans, never owned a pair of jeans. I couldn't fit into them, you know, and, and I, we went into a buckle store uh, in Florida. Oh, I love buckle. I, I, and I loved the clothes and I'm like, I had never been into a store like that, you know? And I'm like, God, those pretty blouses, those will never fit. You know, I'm still in that mindset. And the girl's looking yep. at me, she goes, yeah, these will fit. I'm like, no, those look kind of small. She goes, no, they'll fit. And I'm like, oh gosh, should I do it? I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I put them on and I was like, oh my God, these jeans, I'm wearing jeans. I never owned a pair of jeans in my life. And I, I got a belt. That's another thing I never owned was a belt. Me either. I, I know what it you was mean. always elastic. It was always <laughs> elastic or, you know, spandex, never a belt. And I'm like, I'm wearing a belt and I'm wearing jeans. Mm-hmm. And again, I had my moment and, and explained to the girl what happened. And she's like, you need to take a picture and send it to me when you go out. And I, sh- and I did that. And I was like, I can fit into jeans and I can wear a belt, you know, the things that people don't think about. Yeah. Wear a belt, you know, I don't need an extension on my, on my airport seat anymore. I don't need extensions of any kind. I can, I don't need, yes. I don't need my husband to back out of the parking place so I can open the door wide enough to get my big butt through. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just one thing of the seatbelt. It's no longer this, this and then snap it's just like exactly <laughs> how much further can it go oh god, let's just or, or, oh god please buckle Ugh. okay oh girl know, been there like, oh my god <laughs> what about booths are booths not the worst when you're overweight you look at them and you're like oh god oh god yes. am i gonna be able I to squeeze in there and yes, it one of my chest up on there yeah, oh, one of those creaky benches where it's like squeak 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 <laughs> oh lord <laughs> it's just cute the struggle is real, y'all. It is. is so real. You just have no clue. You don't. They no. don't think about these things, no. you know? It's like, yeah, God, there's so many things. That, that, <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> At least we can laugh about it now, right? Absolutely. We can now. We can now because we, we understand. What you and I do. Oh, what about, what about, have you ever been in the back seat of a car and it's backing out of the driveway that's at an ankle? <laughs> and then the back, <laughs> it's crazy. Is oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's like, oh, it's not me. It's not oh, me. It's not me. Man. But if somebody else rode in the backseat, it right? would do that. And it's like, I can't Very even blame clear. it on the it's steepness there. of the driveway. <laughs> right? right. Oh. Things we look for, the closer parkings and, and, and that, you know, what you just said, it's like, you know, oh man, you're bringing up some memories that I had totally forgotten <laughs> about. But it's so true, you know, getting yeah. in and out of the low car, that was oh, a problem. Yeah. Now it's like, I just got in and out of that. I didn't, I didn't even have to grunt. I, I just got out, you know, it, it's those little things. And it's just like, man, it's, we've come a long way. You and I, yes, you know, a long sure. way. And it's, I have to tell you something that you will probably relate to, too. <clears throat> well, my dad has always been a big dancer, a country mm-hmm. dancer, two stuff, uh, you know, yeah. waltz, whatever he, 
excellent dancer. He used to teach lessons at, oh. at a dance hall. So he was really good. How well, cool. as I was growing up, I wasn't into country anymore. I, I was yeah. listening to pop and stuff, the 80s music. I'm an 80s girl. Yeah. So oh. that's what I listened to. So, and then then I, you know, I had kids, I got really big and my health was horrible. And my husband and I, we just didn't really do much other than go out to eat into a movie. Yeah. That's about all I could do, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. After I had lost all my weight and I got really healthy off my medication, all that kind of stuff. Um, well, my husband and I, we had taken dance lessons. Uh -huh. And so we could really learn how to do it right. Even though my dad was really good because I never yeah. really did it, which seems so yeah. weird that his daughter wouldn't be able to dance. Right. So we took dance lessons. We learned whatever. Then we started going out to the dance halls and we were dancing and, you know, we're having a good time. And then we, we've learned to do the turns, the tricks, the stuff like that. And so we yeah. had a lot of fun. Well, the first time my dad witnessed it, he cried. Oh, my God. He cried. He oh. was like, that was just the most, mm. you know, he mm. was so happy. And That's he would so just awesome. stand there and just grin, tears That's in so his beautiful. eyes. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Th th those, those moments like that are just the things that you do but, that you don't even know. No, yeah. you know? And, and to, for you to be in such a bad place, that yes. something so simple as somebody dancing would be this emotional absolutely event. that absolutely. tells you how bad i was and absolutely you know, that his heart absolutely. was broken that mm. i wasn't living my life yeah yeah a lot of us are just shells a lot of us are just existing a i was a shell of, you know not just a shell walking on eggshells you know the whole time and, and, and being cautious and worried and that whole the, the ridiculeness of it all, you know, yes. it's, it's immense, um, very devastating on top of everything else mm -hmm. that we're going through, you know, and, and, you know, and I, in this journey, I've, I've realized that people just want to be noticed. People just want to be mm -hmm. seen. People just want to be heard. People just want to be loved. Yes. People just want to be acknowledged. They don't want anything but that. And that's everything, you know, I make it a point on my lives to address everybody coming in the room because sometimes that's all somebody needs to hear is their name being called. Mm -hmm. That could be huge for somebody. And so I've been told, oh, you shouldn't do that. I don't care. Then you go do your life the way you want to. This is my room. I'll do it how I want. You know, you don't like it. Don't do it on yours, but I'm doing it on mine. And, and mm -hmm. they don't understand. And so I, I address people. doesn't matter where I'm at. I don't hide behind my mask. I still smile behind my mask. I smile with my eyes. I'm still going to be who I am. I'm still going to say hi. I still want to hug you. I, I, you know, that's just me. Um, I'm not going to become insensitive because of the situation. That's not who I am. Thank you. And now more than ever, people need it. More oh, than gosh, ever, yes. people need that. Yeah. I'm not going to live in the fear of it. I'm just choosing not to. And whatever's going to get me is going to get me. It doesn't matter what it is. If it, and it's not going to be this. That's for dang on sure. It's not going to be this. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go out kicking and screaming. And Amen, sister. <laughs> absolutely. I want the smile on my face. And, you know, I love I, it. I, I have to, I have to live my days as if everyone were my last, because it could very well be. It could very well be. I don't go to sleep without making sure that somebody wasn't left in my head. I should have called. I don't want to live with the woulda, shoulda, coulda's in my life. Mm. What if that was the opportunity, only last opportunity to call that person? I'm not going to go out like that. I make sure I do what I need to do that day and I'm good. I, at the end of the day, if I can put my head on my pillow and rest, 
and be good. That's all I can do. You know, that's beautiful. I can't, I can't, I I can't live any other way now. This feels way too good to go back, you know, and, and it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. And, um, it's just awesome being alive in yes. every sense. not just alive in the world, but just alive on the inside. You know, for years mm-hmm. we've been dead. For years we've just been quieted. Our lights have been turned off. Our voices have been shut down. And now I'm not turning my light off for nobody. I'm not quieting my voice for nobody. I'm not changing who I am to make you feel better about you. Not my problem. Not my problem. I will never allow anybody to steal my joy ever again. I'm not going to do that. And I'm good with me. I'm real good with me. And God's going to bless me with somebody to come into my life, but I ain't going to be just anybody. I'm not going to change who I am. Or if he's insecure about my, my strength and my power as a woman, then you're not the one for me. I don't worry about finding a man. I ain't got time for that. I'm working on my empire. I got lives. I got to go change. I got to do stuff. A man is just whatever to me, you know, (laughs) I've been through it for 26 years. I don't need that. So the next one, if he's fortunate enough to have me in his life, he'll understand. (laughs) Absolutely. He's not going to come with an instructional manual. You're at my level. All right. We're at the same level and going to rise up together. You're not here and I'm here. You're here. I'm not going backwards. No, I'm not going backwards. You know, I complete me. I make myself whole, not some man, you know, I make myself happy, not some man. That's not going to happen that way. Nothing can be unless you're happy with you. You can't love somebody if you don't love you. It just Amen. That it is just so works. true. So y'all heard that, right? You heard that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mary, we have been yapping for quite I some love, time. So <laughs> is there any last thing you want to say? Any bit of advice? You've pretty much given quite a bit, but is there I anything you haven't said that, or you want to sum it up or anything like that? Go yeah, for it. I, you know, it's never too late. Don't use your age as an excuse as it's, it's too late to do anything. It's not. As long as you have breath, there's still an opportunity. You know, I started my journey at 49. I'll be 53 in a few months. And it's like, I'm just getting started. So it's not too late. Do you want to get up and fight? Are you happy with how you are? If you're not happy, then do something about it. You have the power to change. Whether you choose to do something about it, that's totally up to you, you know. Um, knowledge is wonderful. You can get all the data you want, but if you don't apply knowledge, is even better. Don't just read about it. Do it. It's all about actions and words must go together. You know, you can't just say it and it's going to come to pass. It's not going to work that way. Your words and your actions must come together for it to work. And it's going to be work. Be willing to be realistic and, and, and just stick to it. You're not alone. You're not alone, so don't think you're alone, but just do it. It's worth Why it. Not? You're worth it. You're worth it. You deserve yes. it. You owe it to yourself to live your best life in the healthiest way you possibly can. That's the least that you can do. Invest in you. That's the biggest investment that you, that's the best, that's the sure bet right there. Invest in you. Invest in you. With your health, you have everything. Without your health, you have nothing. I'll end that's on the that. truth. perfectly said it has been a pleasure and so much fun i'm so glad you came on you're just my little light you're like this little sunshine i love that love that love that
I and so y'all, hey, subscribe to my channel and go follow Mary. I will have all her stuff below. Go check her out. I promise it'll be a good thing because she's she just is this little beacon of light. So you. you need her in your life. You need her in your life. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for the invitation. Truly is an honor because I've been watching you for a long time before oh, thank you. we started noticing each other that way. And it's, 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 you've been a blessing to me and, and I thank you for that and continue. Ditto, ditto girlfriend. <laughs> I adore you. <laughs> so y'all be sure to check her out. Thank well, Mary, you. again, thank you. Love thank you. you. I love you. Blessings, Mama. Bye. Thank you. Bye.